0: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Eastern Conference Confidential, the podcast uh, about the USL Eastern Conference. I am your host person, uh, Adam Valella, the beat writer for Bethlehem Steel by way of Brotherly Game, joined by fellow host people, uh, Brendan Doherty and um, Ryan Allen. Guys, how you doing?
1: Pretty good. I'm doing well, yeah.
0: Um, So I guess, you know, the, the big news as it relates especially to the Eastern Conference, but the league in general, uh, is we have we have two new friends for next year. Uh, Tampa Bay and Ottawa are joining. Um, dropping out of NASL and, and coming back or making their first trip to USL.
1: Yeah, and I think um, it's been characterized a lot as dropping down to, to USL, because at least for this current season, NASL is sanctioned D2, USL is sanctioned D3. Um, that was supposed to be decided on last month um ussf kind of kind of kicked the can down the road Um, there are some some rumors today that 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 would be decided in december um i don't know if that's even if it would be decided before next season starts but um both of them you know have had former rhinos players um you know there's two former rhinos players near and dear to my heart in ottawa um so if they are both signed to usl contracts next year it's going to (laughs) be Kind of heartbreaking for me to see the rhinos go up against Obasi uh, and and Lance Roseboom.
0: So Ryan, as the uh, Wellington Hammerheads guy, <laughs> um, how how you feeling?
2: Uh, it's it's tough to definitely lose a team to have it drop down the PDL, but with being in the smallest market in the league, it was always very difficult to try and compete with teams especially in Charlotte and Cincinnati, who could mm. outdraw Legion Stadium like six times over. Although the Hammerheads always seem to average around 3,000.
0: Um, I guess, how do we feel, you know, I mean, the the league is up to 31, maybe 30, mm-hmm. we'll touch on that in a second. <clears throat> um, you know, but in terms of scheduling, how does having another team in Canada, you know, affect everybody? How does having a team in Florida affect everybody? Um, I don't know how the, the financial structure of both these clubs is going to change or if it will. Um, you know, because being an NASL, it's the, um, I guess the assumption is that you have better quality players. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is who's to say Ottawa and Tampa don't just kind of come in and start, start wrecking shop?
1: Yeah, I think um, NASL teams are slightly you know better on paper than a lot of USL teams, but the bulk of their rosters, you know, it's similar quality players. I think in the NASL you get you know two, three, four players who are of a higher caliber. Um, especially with the Rowdies, you have Joe Cole, who I think would, if he, you know, was on a third, I heard he was on a two-year contract with a one-year team option at the end, but that was an NASL contract, <laughs> so I don't know how those would transfer over. Um, if
0: he, you'd have to you'd have to think it would Correct. just be, you know, right over. Like there wouldn't be any, like, oh, everyone has to restructure their contracts through special leagues. Yeah.
1: Kind of um, so I mean, if he if he comes with um, Tampa Bay to the USL, I think he's, you know, yep. the superstar of the USL. I think Evan, we were talking, um, leading up to the 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 USL final, that Derek Etienne Jr. was the closest thing to a superstar because of the his style of play you know his off-field personality um that's why the the Red Bulls too and the league are always quick to give him uh you know right. the the GoPro Go-pros, right? yeah but I think I think Joe Cole has a little bit more um you know stash with him that he that he would bring to to the league
0: right well and he's he's got the recognition mm-hmm <clears throat> More than anything, you know he's an established guy who you go, oh, I remember him when he was with when he was over in England um, but yeah so so thirty one teams in the u s l next year I know brendan uh, <laughs> you might have something to say about yeah, that
1: um, it it struck me um Neil Morris, who writes for somebody in in, in the carolinas he, he writes about the Carolina railhawks of the n e s l um, and he has a podcast um, called The Inverted Triangle, um, and he had USL president Jake Edwards on. And, you know, they were going through talking about, you know, obviously the two NESL teams that joined USL um, that were announced this week. Um, and Edwards <laughs> kind of just off the cuff mentioned that there were yeah. going to be 30 teams next year. Yeah. And, you know, um, Neil kind of <laughs> went through the list, kind of counted it out. Yeah, thought he counted of, 31, right, counted again. You know, thought he counted 31 Um, I think everybody on Twitter (laughs) after that tweet came out kind of went to the Wikipedia page counted 31 maybe we were counting Austin maybe we were counting Nashville that was coming in nope there are slated for next year 31 current active USL teams Um, and Jake Edwards whether it was a slip of the tongue or whether he meant to say it um, I think he meant to say it um, that there will only be 30 teams competed next year
0: Uh, What a bizarre way to do that, though, right? (laughs) Just kind of haphazardly just kind of like, yeah, Yeah. no, it's going to be 30 next year. And then everyone goes, uh, what? Um, So I guess, uh, Ryan, not to to rib you, but being our um, relocation expert, if you will, uh, who would, if you had to pick somebody... Um, and I guess it could be either conference. Who would be the the 31 out of 30?
2: I w- out of the games I was watching mm-hmm. in this season, it always seemed that the Harrisburg City Islanders always had a very low draw, and they even split their season playing in between a baseball stadium and a um, soccer-specific, <laughs> air quotes around that, stadium. And it just seemed to me that they're... Also in the same kind of region as the Hammerheads, that they played in a very small market and very tough to draw out. So if I had to pick a team that could be that, want to get axed, it would be the <laughs> City Island. Without telling anybody. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm no. I'm no stranger to um hating on City Islanders. It's kinda low hanging fruit for me. Um so I mean Ryan, nothing that you've said I disagree with. Um I think it's they're they're not exactly a model franchise. Um but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Evan, you're 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 kinda in the, closer in to that organization
0: itself. Um and I, I don't think this is really a secret, but it's it definitely felt like we're very <laughs> glad that they're not affiliates, and that they they were really excited that they were able to to build Bethlehem Steel and and make it their own, and really have a, um, a a larger hand in making that USL franchise. Because then you know the pipeline is is what it's what they say it is, and it's not just kind of this marketing strategy. Um, yeah, and uh, at Harrisburg, you know, like they have some decent players. Um, Jose Baril, who uh, if you say his name, you have mm-hmm. to mention he was with Real Madrid's youth system, uh, and uh, and Bobby Warshaw, who <laughs> is divisive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they're they're both like quality USL guys, and uh, while it would suck to see them not be in the league anymore, because I do think they're, if nothing else, entertaining. Uh, I I definitely agree that that Harrisburg. Um, as far as Eastern Conference teams go, is, is the easiest answer. Right. Um, I think it's be-
1: important to keep in mind that, um, you know, this time last year, nobody would have suspected that the Rhinos ownership group would fall apart or that the league would revoke the ownership group's rights and that, you know, the team would have been a week away from moving somewhere else across the country um, unless you really had the contract that the city had for the, the lease of the stadium and you had all those details in front of you you wouldn't have really been able to piece that together, especially after, you know, the 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 rhinos won the the cup last year. Um, so you know, it could be somebody that springs up on you. Um, right. You know, when before the Wilmington news broke, um, Chad Hollingsworth, you know, was teasing me about, um, you know, there's a team that might fold out of USL at the end of the season, um, and he would he was like, oh, it's an Eastern Conference team, and you know, just Letting me fear the worst and fear that it's it's Rochester. Um, I'm fairly certain it's not Rochester, but um, for me, I think you got to look at which teams aren't meeting their uh, metrics for success. Um, you know, each team has a different measuring stick. I mean, for Rochester this year, it was just trying to. Um, you know, make baby steps with the new ownership group. They didn't want to come in and clean house. You want to have some continuity with staff. Um, you know, a team like Los Dos has an entirely different um, set of what success is to them. It doesn't really revolve around making money or, you know, drawing fans to to a game. Um, and obviously, Harrisburg didn't really light up any objectionable like any objective you know metric for success um but yeah i don't know i think i think it's going to be somebody that you know you don't really suspect somebody that you just assume from the outside everything was was peachy but you know i don't know
0: yeah um and i mean you know to the Varying levels of success in terms of how the organization looks at it. Even, you know, right. Red Bull too, like clean house, like they let go of ten or so guys, including somebody uh, who is uh, talented year at the season.
1: USL level, Manolo Sanchez,
0: and then they come back, right? Right. I mean, a couple of those guys, like Bolu, wound up with Bethlehem, and he was fine. You know, um, and and so they do that. They clean house in terms of like at least in terms of players. Um, and then they come back this year and (laughs) the union fan in me will hurt a little bit. They were probably the best USL team that's ever existed. And if I'm being honest, I think they might be able to give like Columbus crew, sorry, Ryan, a run for their money.
2: Um, They'd definitely be able that, to give the Chicago Fire a run for their money. Right,
0: like, I, I think that team Chicago. is good enough that they could put up a fight against some some MLS teams. Now, granted, that's because, you know, Alex Mule was with the Red Bull for a little bit. Uh, Derek N.E.N. saw a little bit of, of time with the first team. Um, but, I mean, there there's never been a USL team that just went on a tear like like Red Bull 2 did this year. Um, <laughs> that being said, I guess we should talk about that a little bit. Uh we uh, we we previously mentioned Derek Etienne as the junior as the superstar of of USL, um, right. but I mean Brandon Allen had a coming out party in the final.
2: When for a hat trick that he scored the final two goals within yep. the final five minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that was oh, that was so mean. Just in case you thought that like maybe Bulls wouldn't be as good if they were in the in the Western um, Conference. Has the league announced their MVP? Uh, no, they haven't. That. But it'll definitely be Brandon Allen. And if it's not, it'll be Derek Etienne. And if it's not, it will be Brandon <laughs> Allen because that's the only two guys yeah. that I think you can realistically say, yep, that was the best guy in the league. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, if if. Brandon Allen had scored a single goal as good as that um, season opener, the home opener scissor yep. kick that Shauna Coley had. Um, yeah. Then it would be good. it would be no contest. Um, but yeah, I think if yeah I don't know there were so many weapons on that Red Bulls gross. team though. Um, you have Brandon Allen who plays you know as as the center forward who can do everything a center forward is supposed to do. Um, he can hold up play. He's a big body. He can score in a bunch of different ways. What I thought was hilarious um, was that all three of his finishes in the, in the USL final were just simple, like you're holding on to the finesse button mm-hmm. on your Xbox, and it's a simple shot to the corner. <laughs> um, you know, They were from different locations in different situations, but he had the composure. Like, Yeah, I don't know if they would do FIFA um, of rankings, like FIFA stats points for a USL player, but uh, Brandon Allen's composure has to be oh, yeah. through the roof um and you know etienne um he can just hurt you in so many different ways whether he wants to turn on his flair and take on three guys at once which you know if he beats the first guy might beat the second guy even if he doesn't beat the third guy you know he's opening up space for other people um and i think i noticed in that game he didn't really do that until the final 10 or 15 minutes of the game when the game yeah, was right. already decided <laughs> I don't know if that was I don't know if that was a signal from from Coach Wolniak or you know if he just decided you know this is a, this results yeah, well, in the bag Wally on the sideline goofing like, people
0: come on, like hit the switch and then gone <laughs> right. um
1: or if that was if that was uh, a cue from the league's um social media director who needed some more um highlights for their YouTube some more videos for next year. um
0: um, oh yeah R. I. P. Vine. Oh, Um. <laughs> uh No, but I mean um and they they had a bit of a scare uh in the in the Eastern Conference uh final, right? With with the with them in Rochester. Um Well just, that was the yeah, the, the conference semi-
1: semifinal, went to PK's and then the final yeah. against Louisville also.
0: Yeah. Uh but I mean that's just another kind of going back to what you were saying before, Brendan, about you know some of these teams you might not expect to go into like crisis mode in the off season um like Rochester did last year mm-hmm. and then they come back and they make it to the semis in uh in the playoffs this year so um I don't know overall in the eastern Conference like was there any was there any uh sort of story arcs that you guys were, were digging this year or anything that you want to uh, talk about from other teams that you, you thought was interesting. Oh, I'd be really – I would feel terrible. Uh, Conrad Plua <laughs> is the best story in soccer this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: yeah. Th- that was going to be okay. my first
0: uh, Sorry for blowing um, up your spot. Uh, if if you don't know, uh, I, I'm sure both of you gentlemen <laughs> do, but just for people that might not. Uh, Conrad Plua is, what, mid-20s, like 24, something like that?
2: Yeah, around there. A little yeah, bit irrelevant.
0: Uh, had a stroke. <clears throat> and uh, uh, came back in this season and played soccer again. And won in a, a U.S. Elk Cup. So, um, uh,
1: he had the... Uh, oh, God. Did he have the game-clinching I believe, penalty yeah. against Rochester? He, de- he
0: definitely netted one, but I don't know if it was the <sighs> game clincher. or not. It was,
1: it was either the shootout against Rochester or the shootout yeah, against Louisville. But, the, um, yeah, I think it was Playboy. Yeah. But um, in the the late-season game when Red Bulls came up to Rochester, it might have been the last game of the season, um, there was a Rhinos fan who was standing near... um, At first, he was standing behind the New York bench, and then when the New York players went to go warm up in the corner, he moved down to the corner and was only specifically heckling um, Conrad... um, are we saying Playwa? Well, I mean play whatever
0: well? whatever you got, Playwa? Well, I'll Conrad? call him Conrad. Conrad.
1: Um so <laughs> he was only specifically heckling Conrad. Um, Conrad and I felt kinda bad. Like I wanted to go tell this Rhinos fan, like, hey dude, he like he had a stroke <laughs> yeah, right. like two months ago, chill. But well, and you know, it was uh, I guess it's all for the yeah. band so <laughs> everything's fair out. game.
0: His first game back was against Bethlehem and uh, the once a metro guys were losing their minds when he was like in the eighteen. And I was like, Hey, um like, why? Because, <laughs> like, I don't, you know, like, that's which is a terrible thing to say. Conrad, I love you if you ever, ever listen to this. Uh, and they're like, oh.
1: Also, Conrad, if you're listening, tell us yeah, how to please, pronounce your last uh, name.
0: Right, right in. Uh, <laughs> of course. But uh, they went, oh, he had a stroke. And I went, oh. That sucks. <laughs> like, that's, that's really terrible. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, far and away the best story um, in terms of an individual player. Uh, at least in USL. I'll probably say in, in American soccer.
2: Uh... Yeah. <clears throat> and Brendan, I did check, play, well, was the guy who um, scored the clenching <sighs> penalty kick in that semifinal. <laughs> as much as you don't want to think about it. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, it. Right. I mean...
0: Yeah, go.
1: So it's always a thing that we talked about when we were growing up playing tournaments, whether you know the team that beat you in the tournament whether you wanted them to go on and win and i was always i always said yeah like however much animus you have against that team for beating you like you lost to the eventual champions so that's something and honestly the game that rochester played um at at red bull arena was a much better game than the game that swope park played you know it was a much closer uh more contested um closely contested game
0: um so i guess that's
1: something I'm, i'm gonna always bring it back to uh you know, making myself feel better. (laughs)
0: Uh, And I guess the other big story coming out of the East is uh, FC Cincinnati from last year.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I have never seen a city, um, a fan base, even a team take to one another that well. Um, And I hope they follow it up again this year. Because um, in the back of my mind, the cynical part of me goes, all right, well, that was just because they were the new thing in town. Um, also, they sell half their tickets to college kids, which isn't it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to be able to draw 20,000. Well, thousand it, even
1: kids, if it is half right. of their tickets, yeah. um, they more than doubled the next closest team, which was Sacramento, yeah. in attendance. Um, for their, their And they were key. good,
0: too. Like, that's the other thing. Not only was it, you know, we're new, but it was also, all right, we got, like, you know... Sean um, a bunch of former Philadelphia Union guys that I didn't think were going to do anything. Austin Berry and Jim McLaughlin, looking at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> glad you found something that was a little bit more your style. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, who, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that FC Cincinnati was going to be this, this force to be reckoned with?
1: Yeah, it really came out of nowhere. That's not really a place right. that you think of as a, a soccer hotbed. You know, it's not necessarily one of those cities that always shows up on the most viewers for a U.S. national team game or whatever metrics people use to pretend on ranking, you know, potential expansion cities.
0: Ryan, small market yourself. How do you feel about? <laughs>
2: It's interesting that Cincinnati was able to pull around almost 20,000 a game. In fact, their friendly against Crystal Palace equaled nearly 30,000, and that was in the middle of the season. The Crystal Palace manager said he was even surprised himself with the amount of support that an American soccer club would get, even for a friendly that was eventually won by Crystal Palace. And it definitely helped that Cincinnati was good this year to finish third in the East, be one of the teams that knocked off Louisville and it would definitely benefit them more next year if they continue to build upon the roster they have this year and possibly avoid losing in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs like they did to Charleston, opened and finished their season losing to Charleston. Yeah. I mean, um, again, one of the, the the things that
1: we can hold our head up high in Rochester is that uh, we did not lose to Cincinnati <laughs> this season, which is great. But um, also on Cincinnati's attendance, um, you know, their average attendance was a little, little over seventeen thousand. But their their highest single game attendance was over twenty four thousand. Um, and there are several teams in the league whose total aggregate attendance over the course of the entire season was, was less than say. that. Yeah. So I mean, and these aren't even like slouch teams. This is like Arizona right. and Charlotte and Orange County, who averaged well under what Cincinnati drew for a single
0: regular season game. So <laughs> yeah. that's huge. I mean, even, you know, Red Bull two, we're nowhere close to those numbers. Um, game by game until the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at how do we, you know, if you're, if you're Nashville, if you're Tampa, if you're Ottawa, which I mean for those two, it's a little bit easier because you already have a fan base Um and if you're uh who else we got coming in reno uh you look at cincinnati and go okay how can we duplicate that in any way because the whole thing top down for cincy was just spot on
1: right and like any um (laughs) hey louisville fans any criticisms (laughs) that louisville fans have of you know inflated attendance stats or ticket giveaways or anything you know Discounted tickets for the the supporters mm-hmm. section, full of college students. Like, even if you discount all of those things that they that they Louisville fans would bring up, um, I think. Even so, they would have ten thousand at a game, which is ten thousand actual people at a game for you know, USL is
2: still you know an outrageous right. achievement.
1: It's great, and it definitely
2: helps that they were playing on the college campus of university of cincinnati nippert stadium it's by far one of the coolest places to see soccer i haven't personally been there but from what i've watched on youtube it looks beyond awesome to watch it match at yeah the stadium itself is is intriguing to me it's like built
1: into the side of a hill and i don't know what it is about that but mm-hmm. that just seems awesome to me um but yeah there's a there's a lot of positives in that but what i'm worried about and you're kind of hinting at this earlier evan is is like if you look at a team like cincinnati or even a team like louisville i think louisville had some some front office shakeup oh. about you know the direction of the club and how like forcefully they wanted to push for mls whether you go you know we're going to stabilize ourselves in usl for three seasons or we're going to push to be an mls next year i think a lot of these new teams that come in have to ask themselves that question and even i mean tampa Bay rowdies, you gotta wonder why they wanted to go to USL if their ultimate goal is to go to MLS. Like how long are they gonna be in the league and you know, what happens if you don't get that? I mean, hi guys, I'm from Rochester. Um that <laughs> happened to us. Yeah. Um and I'm not saying that, you know, all these other teams are going to crash and burn like Rochester did in terms of attendance, going from fifteen thousand to what's really about two thousand butts and seats. Um you know not every team is going to fall as hard as Rochester did but you know you got to keep that in the back of your mind like how how long is that sustainable mm-hmm. if these teams stay in USL and at least for me selfishly i want to see most of these teams stay in USL right. cuz there are a lot of fun well
0: and, and so that's <clears throat> um you know even for Ottawa it's like are they just here until that weird Canadian Champions League thing gets started if that right. ever starts cuz like that's a yeah. terrible <laughs> right um um, I want to go yeah. on
1: record saying that I support the Canadian Premier League. Um, if so they're looking for people to like at me, write or, Canada.
0: or hire or uh, talk about their product, <laughs> I'd love to. But, um, no, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, but, no, for these teams, and I think, I, I don't know if you tweeted it or if I just saw it a bunch, um, you know, the whole thing about, oh, FC Cincinnati has so much money. Like, why wouldn't they join MLS? They have all this money. Um and it's like if if money is your number one reason for wanting to join m l s you don't deserve to own a soccer franchise right
1: uh, I mean also there's a lot of other things you can do with a hundred and the last one was a hundred and five hundred and ten right. million um the next one is going to be even right. higher yeah. so i I can think of several things that you could do with a hundred and ten build
0: dollars. a stadium maybe uh <laughs> Give some of that money to DC United, <laughs> so they can finally uh, to lock that up. Oh. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, so and I mean we've seen the same thing with Sacramento Republic. It's it's this will they won't right, they, right. you know. Let's have Don Garber come out to San, uh, you know Sacramento. I almost said San Francisco. Sorry, Sacramento, and uh, <laughs> put put them up in a hotel. We'll make the hotel change their menu so it's all like Sac Republic stuff. And like yeah, they're a great. Great club, run well. Have a good logo, good fan base, uh, nice people, like, uh, good players, uh, but like you get into this weird like you know MLS bachelor kind of thing where it turns into this game right. show and and it's you know are they gonna are they gonna jump are they not gonna jump how would that work do we really need like right. eight teams in California in MLS.
1: But also, it's a question of how many roses that Don Garber right. have. yeah. Because, you know, they left the door open. More bachelors keep coming <laughs> sure. in, or uh, whatever bachelor. I don't know it's all good. You which got show it. we're talking about. But um, contestants, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, more contestants keep coming in, and you don't actually know how many roses Don right. Garber has. Because even on that, that trip that he took out to Sacramento, he didn't – neither the Republic or Don Garber or the mayor – they didn't say anything right. new. It was everything that they said, you know, people have been saying Born. for years. Um, and talking to Josh Beeman and Evan Reem, like hearing them talk about it, you know, there's there is this foreboding sense of like if they haven't announced it yet, are they right. going to announce it? And what's going to happen to us if they don't announce it? Is MLS just using us to increase the, the bid price yep. for other cities? Um, yeah, there's a, there's some anxiety inducing, you know, sure. thoughts that you can go down.
0: Well, I mean, it, you know, and, and <laughs> the worst thing you can do in that situation is ask somebody for answers because you're never going to get them, right? <laughs> like, you know, you can you can email MLS or you could you could call or, you know, ask around your, your local outlets and try to see if anyone has anything um, or even, you know, reach out to the club itself in Sacramento. And you're going to get the same thing you've been getting for, for years. And, you know, at least if right. I'm Don Garber, why would I do anything different? Because, like, you know, and and Mm. while I like to think that, all right, he definitely knows, like, if that's going to be a thing. Like, Don Gerber knows if he's going (laughs) to let Sacramento in the MLS or not. It's just kind of a matter of, all right, well, we need to find a partner for you so we can have, like, a a balanced uh, conference thing or whatever. Does he? Is there a chance that he wakes up on (laughs) Monday and is like, yeah, Bear Club, I love it. And on Tuesday he's like, eh, but I already have the earthquakes (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. so, yeah. you know, I think it's a lot of hot and cold because no one's ever said, well, let's, like, wait it out and see what happens and, uh, you know.
1: Right. And, I mean, if these other teams that are coming in try to play that, you know, backup plan, that plan right. B, that we have a contingency plan in case we don't get an MLS in the next three years, the next five years. Um, the the front office guy, I don't, I don't know if he was a part owner in Louisville. I mean, he got... He got the boot because he wasn't all aboard the MLS hype train. He said, hey, guys, maybe we should pump our brakes, slow our roll a little bit, and plan for future in the USL. Um, and they said, thanks, but no thanks. We're going whole right. hog. Um, which, yeah, that, that for me was one of the, the odder stories that pop up in the USL season was that that, um, that Louisville ownership thing shakeup, which, of course, I have no details on. So. Don't ask me what the guy's name was. It happened,
0: it's over. Uh, On on the subject of expansion, I'll I'll try to shoehorn this in. Uh, Minnesota United comes in the MLS next year. Another NASL team moving. Um, They don't have an affiliate. Uh, There's a couple open in the league. However, do they look at, say, Red Bull 2 or the Union or Portland or, you know, any of these MLS teams that have a two-team that they made um, and not so much a New England-Rochester relationship, which I know, Brendan, you don't think is terribly healthy, um, or a Pittsburgh-Columbus yeah. one, you know. Uh, does, does Minneapolis just kind of go, or does Minnesota, excuse me, go, um, yeah, we'll just wait and then we'll make one.
2: They could follow what NYCFC did and partner with the Hammerheads for two years. As of right now, since we're dropping down, NYCFC is another Mm -hmm. eligible MLS team looking to either field their own side or partner. There's, I think, I just count around 11 USL clubs that are options to partner with. Some, for instance, such as Orange County or Mm -hmm. even San Antonio. But to name a few examples, could be potential partnerships for minnesota if they choose not to fuel yeah. their own club for the and i mean you year. i think
0: you know you say 11 teams and you go okay well i mean you know that's plenty they'll definitely find somebody but i mean some of those teams san antonio louisville cincy uh you know big clubs that are not going to want any part of affiliating um because they're fine like they don't you know they don't feel like they need that and they probably don't actually need that so they're not going to want any of it Um.
1: it's an interesting point actually um, because there's no requirement on the USL side for this agreement but there is a requirement on the MLS side that they either have a reserve team or they form an affiliation so every team in MLS has to have one or the other but then what do you, what happens if you, if the numbers work out so that, you know, there's a group of six independent USL teams that right. don't want an affiliate, but there's an MLS team that needs an affiliate according to, you know, the MLS rules? Does the, 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 the does USL have to like lean on these guys and, you know, try to sweeten the deal for them? Um, with regard to Minnesota, or I don't, I don't think there's really a chance that they're going to create a, a reserve side, um, either this year or, or even next year, really. Because I mean, you look at the other teams that are coming into MLS soon, um, Atlanta and LAFC, mm-hmm. and those. I mean, those are teams built from scratch, so they have the ability to, you know, work on their academy. LAFC is putting some, I guess, resources into their academy. Um, Atlanta United is assigning homegrown yep. players, which is interesting. Watch one of those guys um, play. Yeah, loaning them to, what was it, Carlton, Andrew yep. Carlton, loaning to uh, yep. Charleston, um, and Tim Backus, the the Greek goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Minnesota's going to be worried about actually, you know, they haven't had the free time on their hands right. to figure out an academy right. because they are, I mean, at least on paper, they've been competing in the NASL this yeah. season. Well, on the field, they haven't really been competing right. that well. I mean, you know, but they've had other things on their well, mind. And- so mm-hmm. I think it's more likely that they try to find, you know, one of these, one of these available USL teams to uh, affiliate with.
0: You know, and and if you look at it from the the loons' perspective, if you put yourself in that front office, you're trying to not look like you're tanking every game in NASL, <laughs> right? Because like, what is that? While talking the USL on and off, probably for couple months at least I would think or or sorry or or, you know not tanking in NASL Uh, talking to everyone in MLS about jump and ship there Um, so yeah you're doing like three things and then you're not going to go oh and uh, in the contract with MLS it says we need to have an affiliate club I guess we should start doing that Uh, because if you look at it you know Los Angeles uh, FC and Atlanta both had this kind of like downtime like a year where they weren't actively playing games mm-hmm. and you know it wasn't like alright you already exist so we're going to throw you in the league you know right away after you're done so they could make an academy and they're putting a lot of money into these academies um, because they know alright you know and with, the, and with the expansion draft being cut down they know they're not going to be able to just pick you know basically they're starting 11 um, in, mm-hmm. in one go uh, so you know, I, I kind of feel bad in a way for, for Minnesota because they're at a severe disadvantage with those other two um, MLS teams in terms of having the ability to sign home growths.
1: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I wouldn't really feel that right. bad for Minnesota. Wasn't it their choice to come in in 2017 instead of yeah. 2018? I feel like <laughs> I feel like they had the option for either year.
0: <laughs> but, but we want to play now and make money, and we have a great logo, so people will buy our merchandise. it's really good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's really cool um any any uh, that was a terrible whatever we'll just end it on that uh closing thoughts guys anything
1: um there should be news next week i got kind of spoiled when did the 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 rowdies and and the ottawa fury news come was that Tuesday tuesday
0: sounds right Sounds right.
1: Yeah, I spent most of yeah, I, believe that's yeah, I spent Tuesday. most of my work day on Tuesday on my phone on yep. Twitter. Um, so I hope my boss isn't listening to this. <laughs> same. Um, but then I tried to do the same thing on Wednesday and there just wasn't any yeah. news and I, I was I was really bummed out about it. But um, there should be USL news, not of the expansion um, variety, but of the contraction variety um, next week. So we'll
2: have we'll definitely have something to talk about.
0: Ryan, you got anything?
2: Nothing much to add, but with Minnesota, they're also still struggling to make the playoffs in the NASL to <laughs> add to another thing that they're trying to juggle in addition to getting an point? affiliate like you know, I feel like that's year. the worst
0: part of that whole situation, is that they're still kind of like, do we yeah. make the playoffs? Do we not? Like, can we control that?
1: Yeah, I think I saw something on whatever they're that website, it. Five, was it 551, one whatever that is called now. Yeah, but the soccer Georgia. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Minnesota-based four, soccer. 4, four, soccer four two. So, yeah, I saw a thing come out today that said that like basically players were left high and dry because they, they didn't have guaranteed mm. contracts, so they didn't really want to play that hard and be afraid of getting injured. Yeah. And then Jeb Brodsky played hard and got injured and doesn't have a guaranteed contract for mm. next year now. <laughs> um, you know, in case Minnesota needed Minnesota more city. things to worry
2: right,
0: about.
2: Yeah. yeah. They're still only three points out of a playoff spot to the um, problem-ridden. Ooh, my radio favorite OKC, franchise so in America. it'll soccer. be interesting if they.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Minnesota could probably just buy them with the some, some rolls of yeah. turf, and then Beautiful. <laughs> OKC would just tank the rest <laughs> yeah. of their season on
0: purpose. Oh, uh, <laughs> good <board. laughs> All right. Well, uh, episode one in the books. That'll do it on behalf of Brendan and Ryan. Uh, my name is Evan. And this has been ECC. Take care. And whenever you guys hit stop, that'd be great.